This is episode number 40 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey everyone, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today's episode is going to be all about self-care strategies, what Anita and I do to take care of ourselves, essentially, and that is really what the core of self-care is. It is taking care of ourselves. I know that often on our social media feeds, we might see self-care being billed as manicures, pedicures, drinking wine. And we're going to talk about some of that, I'm sure, but we're going to talk about probably more so of the bare bones, the specifics of what we do every day, what we might do weekly, monthly, even yearly, and then bigger picture, what is some of the less fun things, the stuff maybe that's no fun at all, but it makes the rest of our life easier or makes our family life work better. So that's how we're going to approach self-care, taking care of ourselves, basic nourishment, maybe some of the other fancier things we do, but as uh, myself personally, as a mom of two with a three-year-old and a four-month-old, and Anita with a three-year-old and approaching second baby time, there's probably not too much fancy stuff that's happening right now. (laughs) Anita shaking her head, no. (laughs) Okay. Anita, let's start it off. First of all, before we even get into talking about what we do for self-care, I want to know what it it feels like for you when you notice that your self-care has been less Mm -hmm. and needs to be paid attention to. What are your warning signs? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I wanted to mention with this and actually kind of preface this for all the questions we're talking about, and I'm sure it's the same with you, Jess, is self-care has definitely changed since having children versus pre-children. Um, with that. And this one goes with that as well. So for me, I notice I would say lower energy. Um, I'm usually a pretty go, go, go person. So when I know things are slowing down, which pregnancy they have, but I think there's a lot of things involved with lower energy in pregnancy. Um, that is definitely something I notice if self-care starts to drop. Um, but I also notice my patience gets tested quicker. And what I notice is with work, like I'll give 100% regardless of my energy with clients because I feel like that's what I'm there for to give 110%. But then what happens is when I get home, like for my husband or for my daughter, like my patience gets kind of pushed a little bit quicker. So those are definitely signs for me that I'm like, okay, what's going on? What do I need to kind of check, reassess? check my boundaries. And I know we're going to talk about boundaries a little bit more. Um, so I'd say those would be the two key things that I notice. Um, what about you, Jess? Mm-hmm. 100% agree with you with the patience thing. That's the first thing on my list too, that I wrote down. I, yeah, I get testy, I get snappy. And like you, it's, 
it's with the people that are closest to me. It's with Randy, it's with Steele, it is with like my loved ones and the people who are there to take the brunt of it. I feel like, and I was noticing this a few days ago, like Steele will be crawling on top of me and I feel like I want to jump out of my skin. Like I just can't handle it. Like I feel like I just need to escape. It's that type of feeling. So patience really low, feeling like I just don't want anyone near me, on top of me, it's things like that. I really notice it physically too and this is a chicken or the egg situation but I notice it physically like I just feel achy in my body my symptoms literally feel like they show up in my body so yeah I think super similar with you as well patience low taking it out on the people around me just energy is down um and like I said for me it shows up typically in upper back mid back neck just feeling tense and creaky in my body Mm -hmm. so what do you do on a daily basis to take care of yourself in the most basic way so yeah like i said this is uh i think some things now that i notice as self-care even the little things or things pre-baby i never would have considered self-care um something i often am talking about uh, new moms about is like having a shower which i know seems super basic but for me, even postpartum, like even when I was off on mat leave with Pippa, like that was something I had to do every day to feel human. And I know there's a lot of listeners who are like, who say, you know, they didn't get to shower for two or three days. And I totally get that too. I ended up feeling like it ended up being a priority for me. And to kind of also say too, like, my daughter was not the best at sleeping. Like she had to sleep on the go. She never took a bottle. We did not have family or friends or support. So for this to happen it definitely was one of my priorities because I felt like if I didn't I just yeah didn't feel like myself um and also I would say like having a smoothie um is something that's always been my thing and even postpartum like that was one of Andy's big things is I would be nursing he would always make me a smoothie every day and uh then also movement and this I'd love to hear from you just to how this has changed because pre-pippa pre Um, my first baby, like I was at the gym five, six days a week. Like that was my norm since I could remember. I grew up as a dancer and an athlete, started working out in the gym, like grade nine as a rower. So that was like a big part of me. Whereas now definitely, I still do movement and work out every day, even in pregnancy. It just looks a little bit different. And to be able to get to the gym is a whole other story. So I know Jesse got a pretty sweet like gym in your house. So I've kind of essentially done the same thing, not as fancy as yours, but basically like I've got my weights, my kettlebells, I got my yoga mat, I've got everything I need at home so I can work out every day. But physically going to another place every day was just, it was not going to be an option. But if I don't exercise every day, I don't feel like myself. So to me, that is self care. It may not be an hour or two in the gym, like what it used to look like, but it makes me feel like myself with what I'm able to do. And it was actually pretty funny when uh, when Andy and I started dating. My dad was talking to him one time and he's like, so do you think you're going to be able to keep up with her? <laughs> and he quickly learned what that meant. Like people who know me know I'm constantly on the go. Like I push myself, whether it was school or work, at the gym, sports, anything. So it's one of those things where movement is such an important part of my self-care. And I know, Jess, for you, that's a big part as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
couple of other little things, and it seems a little bit water. Like I am such, not just with being a public health physio, but in general, like I feel a difference if I don't drink enough water every day. So that's a key part. Um, and then lastly, I would say is like alone time. So my job is very much, I am talking all day and I absolutely love my job. Um, and now also having a toddler, you realize how much time you're spent exchanging energy throughout the day that as an introvert, I need time alone. And my husband is the same as me. Like we're very similar in terms of to re-energize. I kind of just need space. And that's really hard when you have a baby or I know with coming up to two, Justin and I have chatted about this, like to have time by yourself is a challenge. But I know if I don't get that and it can be just it can just be five or 10 minutes by yourself where no one's touching you. No one's whining at you. Um, I know that that's like really key for me. So that's kind of my, my list of, um, those daily things that are really important to me, but yet don't take a ton of time out of my day. But I realize if they're not there, um, it can really affect how I feel. Mm -hmm. So how about you, Jess? Oh my gosh. Our lists are exactly (laughs) the same. (laughs) So I would get along so well. Uh, it's cracking me up though. You saying that Andy is also introverted, like recharges from being quiet too. Yeah. And Randy is not the same. Yeah. Like he loves being around people. He loves hosting people. <laughs> and I just don't get that. I don't understand it. Cause it drains me so quickly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like something we've had to negotiate in our relationship for literally the last 15 years. Um, okay. So like you, it's like basic hygiene I hate showering because we live (laughs) in the driest place on the planet Alberta it's so dry here my skin is really dry I grew up in humid places like Ontario where Anita is and I love that environment I hate the environment here where we live it's so dry so I get just super dry always I like to bathe don't really like to shower I just like feel like it hurts my skin especially my face but basic hygiene in terms of like face care washing my face and like using nice quality like oils and moisturizing creams that's something I love to do every day and that like wakes me up and makes me feel like I can live if it's been especially a tough night Um, and also flossing and brushing my teeth so it's like those few things in the morning or earlier part of the day just helps me feel a little bit more put together as well. For me, prioritizing sleep. And this is something that I didn't do as much of postpartum round number one, but it's something that is a non-negotiable now. So just for example, this is good timing actually because I'm in a program launched this week for my business and I went into it with the expectation that I was going to do less than I had done for any launch beforehand and if the launch was uh, lower or not as accessible financially however you want to term it that would be totally fine because I need to go to bed in order to live my life the next day in order to parent our children the next day I can fit my work in at nap times and little breaks I can steal throughout the day, but sleeping at night, have to get it in. I'm not going to stay up working until 1, 2 a.m., like setting a bedtime for myself, essentially, and not getting up super early in the morning if I need to fit more in. Again, like it's taking that time during the day, telling Randy, 
I need to go answer emails for 30 minutes. You got them. I'm not going to stack that onto the end of my day or the beginning of my day as much anymore as I used to. And I would have done that for sure in every launch in the past or any busy work period in the past. Um, like you were saying with the smoothie, that's a key one for me too. Really trying to eat the highest quality food that is easily accessible, that fits into our family life easily, um, into our schedule, into our budget. So whatever that might look like for you in your life is probably going to be different to what it looks like in my life. But I think that postpartum has taught me this too the last two times that food has such a huge impact on my mental health. And this is a topic that I find so fascinating and starting to see more research come out about this, but really the quality of food and how it affects maternal mental health, there's some really interesting ties to that. So again, you know that I don't cook much. Brandy does a lot of the cooking, but that doesn't mean that I just don't eat quality food that I make myself. It's just putting together snacks and meals that are super basic and so easy to eat and that are really high in fat and protein. Interestingly, after Steel, my first was born three years ago, I ate way more carbohydrates during that early postpartum period and felt really good on it. Tried to go higher fat, just didn't feel right. This time around, I feel way better doing high, high fat and moderate protein and lower carbohydrates. So just different and I've just had to kind of test it out for both time periods too. Like you were saying, moving my body in some way. So this is... Yeah, super important. Again, physical, mental, emotional health. The impact that physical activity has on these facets of my life are huge too. So I'm strength training. I'm doing a, a little bit of a different schedule now. So almost four months postpartum. I'm strength training three or four times a week, but it is for maybe 10 minutes at a time. Like the actual work period is very low. Um, so I'm kind of breaking up a full workout that is programmed in half. So I'm doing half of workout A one day, the other half of workout A the next week or the next day, the next part of workout B, the next part of workout B, and just kind of rotating my schedule. So I'm really doing what looks like two full workouts a week, but chopping those in half so it looks like four workouts a week. But again, the time is super short because it's all I have left for really like my mental bandwidth to exercise is not that high right now but I know that movement makes me feel good so I want to keep it as consistent as possible we're also going into winter and so outdoor movement is just not as possible especially with two young kids so more strength training uh, but a minimal amount per session is probably what I'll continue on through that time period, that season. And like you said, quiet time, alone time. Even if it is just, honestly, 10 minutes at the end of the day before I go upstairs, that's good enough. It would never have been good enough in the past or until going into this time period, but now it has to be. So... It is not, so not ideal for an introvert. Having a three-year-old oh, is challenging. I find it super tough. I'm really glad that our baby doesn't speak yet because I can't imagine what it would feel like from that many angles. And we'll get there and we'll update you. But it just feels like, 
oh, so much. It's like my brain can't process words by the end of the day because she has just talked all day long or whining, screaming, crying. It's just so much noise. I'm a highly yeah. sensitive person too. So I just find that noise is like chaos in my brain. And I, it's just hard. It's just hard. And I was worried about going into like two and a half, three, when all the talking would really start ramping up. And so many people warned me about it. And I find it hard. I really do. So uh, again, thankful that the baby is a baby and there's no words yet. <laughs> but yeah, quiet yeah. time alone to just feel like... <sighs> like some decompression, super important. And I think it's good even to just go back to something we both talked about is movement and exercise. Cause I know that's kind of both, um, that's the area we're both in, in terms of work. And I feel like I have this discussion quite a lot with my pregnant clients, but then also postpartum when it becomes a reality, because I find a lot of women I see who do happen to be similar working out a lot you know, pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, but especially those who during pregnancy, if they didn't have a great pregnancy, a lot of nausea, couldn't really get through their day to work out. It's been a long time since they've had a chance to do that. And they're just like itching to go back to the gym for an hour every day. Um, and I talk to them and I share my experience too. I'm like, exercise just looks different. Like when you have a baby and every time like that first year but then beyond that it looks different is I just say like the the amount of time you spend doing it you just get way more efficient and make them shorter for me my strength training has changed I do a lot more circuits now than I used to do um, and I find that's a really efficient way for me to fit fit something in feel really good feel challenged but it doesn't take forever and it sounds like you do kind of a similar idea with that as well absolutely and so key what you said previously about working out at home if that is a possibility for you even just having some equipment at home dumbbells and resistance bands you can do so much there's so many options I haven't worked out like gone somewhere to work out other than my home in three plus years I've done every workout essentially at home and most of them have been with dumbbells and resistance bands we have a lot of fancy equipment at our home in our basement gym and I do not use much of it right now because I don't want to set it up I haven't used barbells in three years probably three years because I don't want to set it up it just is time consuming and I don't I don't want to spend the time on it. I don't want to spend the time doing that. If you'd love to do that, you absolutely can make that happen. But I just find that it is so much more successful. Again, if your definition of a good workout, in quotes, it's going to have to be different. If you are someone who loves to exercise, loves to push yourself, loves to challenge yourself, long workouts, it just probably is going to have to look different for you to consistently be able to move your body during this season of life. Okay, what do you do less frequently to take care of yourself but are important too? So maybe things that are weekly mm -hmm. or monthly, even yearly. Um, in terms of weekly and kind of specifically with pregnancy right now. So saying that I do all my strength training workouts are at home. Um, and I do do like a mini yoga flow at home as well, just because it feels good in my body, but it's also, I want to do everything I can to help, um, towards labor and birth. So that's something I do, but I do right now once a week go to a prenatal yoga class. 
Um, so that is just once a week where, like I said before, pre-baby, like pre-first baby, that to me would have been really foreign to get out of the house once a week to go to a class or gym. But now that's been important to me. So kind of once a week going to that and even before getting pregnant, I don't remember when I got back to going consistently to class, but even one yoga class a week, which is something I do because I feel like I can push myself and do the appropriate weights, everything that works for me. I don't need a class to do that. I don't need someone telling me. But yoga is just kind of nice to go to and have someone else just tell you what to do. <laughs> so that's that's where I've um, found that kind of weekly. But less often, I, I would say definitely courses and conferences. Like, like I said before, like absolutely love what I do. And now having done it for a number of years, like I love going to courses and conferences. And I remember after graduating, definitely a lot of the um, female physiotherapists would say, do all the courses you can before you have kids. Because once you have kids financially and time wise, it's going to be a challenge. And I totally get what they mean. <laughs> so um, I'm very picky about the courses and conferences I go to. I've done a ton pre-baby, pre-first baby. Um, and I've realized like which ones I take tools from and which ones I really use. So for now, for me to take a course, like, yeah, it definitely has to be something very specific and that I know I'm going to use a ton from. So I would say that's a big thing. And I just love going to things like that, like being surrounded by like-minded, whether it's just a physiotherapist course or health, fitness, birth professionals, like there's just this energy and motivation and inspiration from others that I feel like even if it's a one day event, like I just come out of it re-energized and like have all these new ideas. So that to me, I would say definitely that's not a weekly thing or even a monthly thing, but definitely if I can a few times a year, that's my must in terms of self-care. Oh, I love that. That was on mm -hmm. my list too. Professional mm -hmm. development of some sort. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am planning all the things for 2020 when I'm not going to be breastfeeding anymore. <laughs> so many, so many things that courses, conferences that I would love to go to. Like you said, though, too, getting so picky about those courses. It's kind of, yeah, just a, you have to at this stage mm -hmm. for sure. Just tricky to get away and the finances of it as well. Um, yeah, so professional development of some kind. I think that that's so key and that's really on a yearly on a yearly basis now too. Um, so counseling for me, something that over the last couple of years I've done a few times a year. Uh, so not looking like a weekly or monthly thing. I would love for it to be a monthly thing, but it's just, again, trickiness for sure with another breastfed baby that won't take a bottle yet. So if that can happen a few times a year though, I feel like that feels right and good for me right now. Quality time with Randy, that's super key for us on a weekly basis for sure. Um, and typically that's happening after kids are in bed. Not much time left in the day remaining for that. But if we can get some quality time of phones away, kids in bed, and just conversation, that is really key for our marriage. Public floor physio once a year for sure, um, if not twice, that's something that is important for me to be able to do. And then last couple, friend time, which does not happen as much as I would like it to at all right now. It usually looks like play dates with other moms and kids, and that's maybe a few times a month happening at this point. 
And the last thing that might not sound like self-care, but it is, is having difficult conversations um, because I feel like there's so much growth that happens from it and that usually is happening between Randy and I, having difficult conversations, things that are not super comfortable but need to happen in order for us to move into the next stage, into the next phase of our relationship. So these are things that I think I would love for them to happen more often. But again, in this phase, in this season of life, they are just lesser so. And I think it, for both of us, is so interesting. <laughs> As you said, they're not things that we do on a daily basis that we would have ever considered to be self-care. But it really is simply taking care of ourselves in this time to feel okay. And if we're not like we are just surviving our lives but thriving in some way and all this stuff that is happening on a less frequent basis it would help us feel I'm sure like we're thriving more so but as long as it's still in there a little bit in pockets it feels okay Mm -hmm. yeah no I love two of the things for sure well we share a lot of the things we just talked about but yeah friends and then also your relationship and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I didn't think enough about that side of things that it's like with friends again I feel like it's after having kids but then also you'll notice you probably don't live in the same area as maybe your close friends like you know Jess you moved across the country and a lot of my close friends are still in Ontario but we're not in the same city like we live hours apart so to be able to see in person is a lot more challenging we definitely try, like I was just messaging um, two of my friends, we're going to try to do more of a FaceTime before the baby comes because in person isn't going to happen and it's been a few months. So I think even using technology that's a lot, like I even think five years ago we didn't have, um, just to keep those key relationships going. And then also how you said with Randy, and I know um, with Andy and I, that was a big thing after Pippa is having that time together is like so much more challenging than I think you expect. And um, I feel like we were starting to get kind of a groove back with having some date nights. And then then we got pregnant by surprise. And that's a whole other episode, which you might hear by now. Um, but my parents are going to be moving to the area. So I think that's really going to be helpful that we can, once we get established and seeing how this baby is, having a few more nights where we can really just go by ourselves and talk without a baby crying or a toddler whining. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's going to be so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, because Randy and I are home together all day, every day right now because he's still on parental leave. But some days I feel like we didn't even speak to each other, even though we were talking to each other all day long. But we didn't speak about anything other than eat your food, put your <laughs> shoes on, stop whining, do you need to have a nap? It's just all related to kid things and it it's not even adult conversation even though we're two adults in our home talking to each other all day long. Oh yeah, it's tricky and it's so key and it is it's the only way that yeah, we could survive what we're doing right now. Like a marriage with young kids is really tough it is they're your time together your time with quality conversation and connection is just so low for most people who I've spoken to they've had the exact same experience 
So yeah, taking care of your relationship, your marriage, your partnership, whatever it might be, if that is your situation, extremely important. Bigger picture, what is the self-care stuff you do that is not fun, but needs to be handled for you to be taken care of? For me, definitely, uh, yeah, clutter really bugs me. Like whether it's in my workplace or at home. So as much as, yeah, that's not definitely my favorite thing to do is constantly cleaning up. Um, luckily, my husband is a big about cleaning, so that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, just clutter of like, you just clean something up and then there's a whole batch of toys or something all over the place or cleaning up. Like that's something I just need to stay on top of because I find physical clutter makes me feel like mentally and emotionally cluttered, if that makes sense. So just kind of clearing stuff up, I find definitely makes me kind of it's self care, not my favorite thing to do, but makes me feel better. The other thing actually, which I did today, which has been on my list for a couple of weeks is starting to batch cook for postpartum. And we've talked a bit about this before. And I know Jesse said, you're not a big cook that is more Randy. Um, but I just find when I take the time to batch cook, I don't always enjoy doing it, but the like afterwards, basically like from it is just so key. Like it just makes breakfast and lunch way easier for the whole family. Um, and then now batch cooking as well to freeze or prepare for when baby comes. I know having done that last time, super, super helpful. So yeah, those would be two key things I don't necessarily love doing, but the repercussions of those is like a big part of my self-care. Mm-hmm. So how about you, Jess? I love that. That clutter is Randy to a T too. I could live with it forever until it's horrible and awful. But Randy, yeah, the clutter, the cleaning up. And that's tricky with toddlers and young kids around too because it's like three times a day you need to stay on top of it. Yeah. Okay, a big one for me, this is going to sound <laughs> perhaps silly, but is doing my accounting every month for my business. It's something that I don't love it feels tedious. I wish someone else could do it and my accounting is outsourced, but I have to upload my receipts so my bookkeeper can take care of it. But it's something that I could let go again forever and ever. It's just the thing I put off, but it looms over my head. Like I need to take care of it in order to feel okay. My email inbox as well too. Shout out to my assistant, Amber, for being incredible and staying on top of my emails. But again, my emails are something that I could let go, let go, don't want to get in, don't want to read, don't even want to start it. But when I do, it makes me feel so much better. Um, the last thing is saying, this is a hard one right now, especially, but going back to that professional development topic that we were speaking about is saying no to things and really dialing into only the most important things in my professional world right now in my business there's so many things that I would love to take on there's so many conferences that I would like to do business coaching opportunities Uh, and I just can't I just can't there's a course that I need to say no to that is upcoming that I would love to go to but the inconvenience is not worth the pleasure of it right now. This is something that I always keep in mind from uh, someone I did some coaching with, Susanna Frioni. She talks a lot about inconvenient pleasures and whether 
it will weigh out in the end like the pleasure will be worth it but sometimes the inconvenience is just simply not at this time so yes saying no setting some hard boundaries around my work life to just dialing into a very few specific things outsourcing the rest and just keeping my plate as clear as possible um tough but necessary last one we'll talk about on this episode today what do you set boundaries around to make sure you're taken care of and how do you enforce those boundaries yeah so i would say one of the big things especially if it's stuff um or things to do at home with home life is definitely talking to andy so my husband about it so he understands um why i can or can't do some things or even like if something comes up a course comes up like especially now postpartum like i will talk to him months in advance about it so we can discuss that but even day-to-day things like i feel like we've really again kind of found our groove as a family of three and i know that's going to completely change again as a family of four but he i would say it would be a big part of me being able to set my boundaries and because we know each other so well he knows what I need I know what he needs as well in terms of that because his work um, is stressful as well and time consuming and he often has to commute so having those conversations which aren't always easy but I know is beneficial for both of us in terms of work setting work hours so I have my clinic hours they are set for a reason they're the hours in the day that I feel like I'm most productive so I can best um, help my clients But also just how life worked out. I need to be available to drop Pip off at daycare and pick her up because, like I said, my husband often commutes and we don't really know which days he will have to, which ways he which days he won't. So I have to be prepared to get her each day. So that's a big part. And then also answering emails. So work emails, I have my work email hours um, and I have an auto reply that states that. So I know people aren't going to expect me to reply on weekends or after hours, um, which took a long time to actually get there. But um, I just find it's it's made a big difference. Um, And then something you actually brought up in our previous question, but was actually saying no to things, which I feel like is so hard. And Jess and I have talked about this. There's so many things coming up while I'm on maternity leave. And I know everyone's mat leave looks different. My mat leave, while I'm not in the clinic, I'm still doing quite a bit of work, but all things I love to do. So I've kind of created some key priorities. The podcast will be one of them. Um, And then I'm super excited to finally create my online prenatal pelvic floor course. So I've had to say no to things because I know if I say yes, then those two things may not necessarily happen or I'm not going to give everything I possibly can. So saying no has been challenging with a lot of things, but I know those key things I still want to do are still going to be possible after that time period. So yeah, so I'd say those would be kind of how I set my boundaries. Um, how about you, Jess? Mm-hmm. And I can vouch for that. Anita is saying no because I've asked her to do things. <laughs> She's had to say no. I'm not. But we're to super excited. You. 2020. Jess and I have some sweet stuff coming up. So 2020 yeah. is going to be a good year. <laughs> uh, okay, so one thing I wanted to mention here because people always ask me, "How do you keep exercising? How do you keep working out now that you have two kids?" Or people ask me a lot when they just had steel too I always work out when they're awake they are always around when I'm working out because after bedtime or at nap time that time is too important for me to spend 
exercising. It's just not that important to me. I have other things that I want to do while they're asleep. That's usually when my work time is. So my workout time always happens when they are awake. And that is why my workout is usually broken up 17 times because I'm changing diapers, getting snacks, getting water cups, moving the baby a million times to keep them interested. But that's the only way it's going to happen for me consistently. So I set that boundary. There's really no working out that's going to happen while they are asleep. They are working out around me. I pretty much tried to train steel from the time she was born until now. She's over three. That when I'm working out, that is important time to me. So many times during a workout, I will say... I'm busy right now. I'm doing my exercises. I'll be with you soon. So I make her fend for herself a little bit more when I am exercising. She knows not to bug me too much now. Um, she still does, but she she's getting to a point where she just understands now. She sees me doing exercises. She doesn't climb on top of me as much. So that is, that is a biggie. Um, for us, in terms of sleep, kid sleep is super key to us. We're really strict around nap times and bedtimes, making sure that those happen, that we're not out a ton for it, um, which is tough when you have young kids. It feels like you're tied to the house a lot, but getting them on sleep schedules to some degree has been really important for us. And it was so key with Steel. And again, it's really key with this one too, because a lot of my work time does happen when they are sleeping. So that's been important. Um, and then as you're saying, Anita, with you and Andy, just like on that, like having lots of conversations about your boundaries, understanding what the other person might need, speaking up a lot for my boundaries. And I find now that Randy just knows, he'll be like, oh, is that gonna be too much for you if we're talking about people coming over or going somewhere else? Like. It's just so nice to have that. I have to speak up for my boundaries a lot, but now he also knows and wants to check in with me to see if that's going to be too much people time for me, too much extroverting. So I think those are the big ones. Really getting serious about working out when the kids are awake, not using their nap time for that exercise time making their sleep schedules key to us because it just helps the whole household move. And then speaking up for my boundaries around extroverting has been really important too. I think that's everything for this episode on self-care strategies. This is a tricky season at times. A lot of the times it feels like I am not doing much for self-care. When people ask me what I do for self-care, I'm like, does brushing my teeth every day count? But I think that it does count, really. It's just doing things that are taking care of yourself, that are making your life flow easier. Whatever that is for you, it might look similar to Anita and I, it might look very different. But again, it's really just getting honest with yourself about what you need and what actually works in this time period of your life that is going to create flow and ease in your day. Yeah, I think a big part is just I have this conversation with clients all the time. There is nothing too small. And often it's the smaller things that add up by the end of the day. 
that actually make the biggest difference. So keeping that in mind, if you're looking for self-care, you might already be doing some things that you don't call self-care, but they actually probably are. On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, we have Sharin Eskandani, owner of Wholehearted Coaching. We talk with Sharin about a variety of mindset topics, including perfectionism, worry, failure, and how all of these can influence and change our experience with motherhood. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 